search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, BBC is to episode number 111 of the Broken by Concept League of Legends podcast, the number one solo queue improvement podcast where Curtis and I, we dive deep into solo queue topics because we just love solo queue so much and we generally do. And we talked about this on the last podcast that popped off the Riot Games one, which was pretty fun. That was really interesting, wasn't it, Curtis? Yep. If anyone hasn't seen it, definitely recommend go back to it. I mean, that was really fascinating. So good stuff. First thing here, our solo queue. Solo queue. Let's do an Let's update, Curtis. We haven't done an update for a while, have we? Nathan, why are you playing Udia? Why am I playing Udia? Where'd that come from? Um, well, geez, I'm just getting absolutely <laughs> caught out of here, just straight up. <laughs> so obviously we talk a lot about Champ Mastery. So I am applying the principles of the Broken My Concept podcast. Okay. I have lots of Champ Mastery on that champion. That champion is getting reworked in about a month's time. Okay. So I guess this is uh, my this is the, the way I'm justifying it, Curtis. It's my psychological send off of the champion. Okay. Okay. Um, I was actually, I mean, this was it was literally really random. I'll tell you the story. So I have one of my salty members that is an Udia. He's like a, a preacher, an enthusiast, an enthusiast, Udia enthusiast. Michael, and. Uh, Let's so Rexar was banned because Rexar gets banned against yep, me a lot. I ban it against you all the oh, time. Oh, you ban it. Yep, I perma ban it. Great, that's good. To if know. you're in queue and I'm in queue, I will perma ban your Rexar. I I thought it wasn't you, but I didn't check. But that makes a lot of sense. No, it's not just me though. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of people. Person, yeah. yeah. So it got banned, and then um and then they banned Volibear as well. Volibear was banned as well. So, <laughs> Uh, Michael and the thing was like, oh, like this, come on, like play Udia, this will be really good Udia. Yeah, but isn't your third champ Trundle? Trundle, but I don't like early pick in Trundle because right. it it's just get, not a good blind. Yeah, okay. like, it can get sloppy, it can get messy. Okay. So that was um, the one first game as Udia. Yep, and I, and, I lo- and I had so much fun. Okay. And then I just had to keep playing it. You just had to keep playing it. So you only played the two games. How right? many games have I played on it? They're like, yeah, recently. I played like eight games, dude. On on your But on your main, you played any or is it just on your second account? Which one's my main? Nathan, so it's Mott, Nathan, Nathan Mott, Mott 2? Nathan Mott 2, I played one game of UDR. And then on your Nathan Mott... I played like eight games. Eight games. Yeah, okay. I just spammed yesterday. And so you're going to continue that? Yeah. Until the rework? Yeah. And then kind of... No, like, I'll still play Rexar again. Basically, what I, again, I just, wanted, I just wanted to see how if I still had the muscle. I was yeah. curious as well. Right. See how the muscle memory is still For a little bit of a test. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. I was just having fun, you know? Okay. So that's my answer, Curtis. Is that a, is that a sufficient answer? You tell me, Nathan. What would you be saying if I did that? I let's say let's say if you randomly picked up Zerath. Yep. Okay, because that was that's an OG champion yep. of yours. I would be okay with. It. I think it's fine. All right. Okay. Oh well, let because it, I'll... you have the champion mastery. You okay, know I mean? but yeah, you're saying no. It's not just a random champ. It's a champ that you have the underlying mastery with. Yep. Okay. And I was we'll I, and I played one game and I just had lots of fun. I was okay. like, I'm just gonna play it for a day and see how we go. Well let us So outside of that, Nathan. Yeah. Outside of the UDL. Yeah. How's your journey looking? So we're we're definitely we're struggling at around eight hundred up where we're in top twenty. Yep. But I'm actually more focused on my my main account. Uh, so Nathan Mott. Not, not two. Not two. So my Smurf is actually higher than my main account. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm chipping away. It's actually, I'm, I'm losing a lot of games, winning some games. Um, I, I almost got my second account to challenger. Like, what do you focus so on? So I, I want to get that to challenger because I want, you know how you love the 
season three, four, five, yep. you know, Challenger. I want to see that in Challenger. Yep. You know what I mean? Understand. So um, that's why I'm focusing on that. So what am I focusing on? Yeah, what are your um, learning objectives? What are things that you're trying to improve at? What I'm focusing on at the moment is... Well, again, I, I guess I can't really say much because I'm literally just trying to relearn. Just getting games. <laughs> no, like the Udia thing. Okay. But uh, I, I got sloppy on my big game final with Rek'Sai in the last week. So it was really good. And then I just have games. I have all these games that I just don't think about who I should be going for before the fight starts. And the game, it's just, I just, it's just sloppy skirmishing because you're not priming your mind to identify your role it's in the It's just coin flip. Yeah. Yep. Like there's so many situations where it's like I know I'm I'm going on, you know, like let's say Zeri. Zeri's like a really easy target for me to go on, but sometimes I'll like like think about it. Imagine if I get, I play a fire. Let's say if I have another priority target. Let's say I'm versing a, a Graves jungle, right? Okay. And I have the damage to one shot it. Mm -hmm. It's like cool. I kill the Graves, but then the Zeri is killing everyone. Right. You know so what I mean? It's more about so knowing who to prioritize based off the game state, essentially. That's right. So I, I I forget that sometimes. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. I no. Just I get totally sloppy, understand. You know? And then I just lose a bunch of games, and then, then I, it's a common mistake I, with a lot of people. And then I, and then then what happens is then I, 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 I start focusing on that, and then I start having really bad early games, mm. and then there's no point. I can't even get to that stage. It's just you know that cycle. Yep, hundred percent. You focus on the on the mid game, and then your early game gets sloppy, and then you go back to the early game, and then your mid game gets sloppy. It's just a constant cycling of learning objectives, essentially. Yeah, but I'll say overall, like I'm, I'm very, I wouldn't say improving. I wouldn't say stagnant because I think you're getting getting worse. But I'm just comfortably around like you know the top 50 sort of area on the ladder you know so okay i definitely need to push and I, I i'm actually not fussed at all i'm just it's just a time thing for me like this is the thing that you can always do i feel like with the it's like and and this is what i, I keep telling myself because i tricked myself in the past like mm. years it's like you know if you're not getting better it's like oh my god we're gonna change things yep you know we're terrible um and i guess that's what maybe look like with the udia thing but it's definitely not i'm just like okay let's just relax and i'm literally thinking i could be this i'm prepared to be you know, top 20, you know, like bouncing between 800, 900 LP for the rest of the season. I'm actually happy with that. Okay. I'm like, I'm happy with it, but I'm not happy with that. Like, I'm like, I, I can't push for like top 10 or rank until next year. Yeah, I'm just holding you accountable because I think you would do the same for me. That's right? right. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. Hold each other accountable. If you yeah. see a random champ out of nowhere that's <laughs> not in your pool, you got to address yeah. it. But I'm loving it. I'm having fun still. Okay. I just, I, I'm very obsessed. And we did a review. Uh, you know how you brought a, you said, Nathan, how to review this game. Yep. And I just talk about reading the map. I love all, all I want a successful game for me for League of Legends at the moment is I understand everything at play and I'm just making decisions that's either wrong or right based on that information. Yep. And I'm experimenting with things and getting, you know, trying to do like, like you know, I love like playing with information a bit. It's like I show on the map, how will the enemy team respond? Mm -hmm. So I, I just loved, I just love that part of the game. I'm really enjoying the reading the map type, type stuff of it. Me you know? too. And it feels, it feels so good after... That's why I, like, I can't get tilted. I feel like I literally can't get tilted in my games anymore because I understand everything that's going on. This is a skill that I've developed yep. over the years, right? But like once you just understand everything, you can't get confused. Did you what, what you saying? just said there is something that I have that feeling as well, but it's, it's very difficult to articulate without sounding like a dick. Okay, because right? it's just like, I just know what's going on. You don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it it, it, yeah. It's, it, it's a feeling that you know that... Like you have complete champ mastery. So there is no question of whether or not, like you just know whether you solely lost the game or not. So why you're untiltable is that if you did everything that was in your control and you know that those were the correct decisions and you still lose, it just kind of, it's like whatever. 
yep, that's okay. I did my job. I did a really, I did, I made good quality decisions. I played in accordance to my uh, win conditions. I did what I could. So those games don't bother you. Then you have another game where you actually realize that your decisions weren't optimal. And you also don't get tilted because you just think it's it's great. I learned something. I can apply that into another game. Tick, move on. So either way, even if you lose, win, don't play well, play well, it doesn't really matter because everything is tying back to learning and you can just easily label it. Boom, label it as that. I can label this game as that. It's just moving on. It's just about getting games in. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it definitely sounds really fancy and sexy. But like, oh, wow, I'm still learning things. It's like, I do get really angry at myself for making the same mistakes. Of course. Right? It's but not like once you learn something, you're never yeah, going to make never, that mistake that's again. That's the thing about League of Legends. You're always going to make similar mistakes, but it's just you do it less, mm. a little bit less. So I guess the word that I'll be using is relearning. I'm relearning. Like, I'm just revisiting old learning objectives, basically, yep. again. And just, again, refining, chipping away, refining. <laughs> refining. You're smoothing the edges. Yeah. Intensity is really important as well. But, um, yeah. Great. All right, Curtis, and talk about your... We had a really good conversation. Yeah. This morning, uh, sorry, earlier this week. Yeah. In the gym, talking about your... I love solo queue breakthroughs. Even with my clients being like, oh, that's clicking for me. Now I get it. It's really important. This is why I think we really emphasize champ mastery. Yep. So I think the way you articulate this is yeah. really good, Curtis. So, so I want to start your, from the start here. Your Sunday night, <laughs> I want to start from the start here and really paint the picture because I think I actually made an article on this, my journey here for the Milan Academy. Oh, awesome. So I want to share this with the broader community in the BBC. So I have, this was about, I don't know how long ago, maybe two months ago, month and a half ago, I learned Ari. I started picking up Ari and I want to commit to Ari. And I, Ari didn't, wasn't a champ that naturally clicked for me for whatever reason. It's something that I've had maybe a bit of a mental block in the past with, and I've really been trying to tackle it. Now, I was abysmal at Ari at the start, literally 32% win rate or something like that over like 40 games, really, really bad. I, it didn't click. I didn't understand her identity. I didn't know how to win games. I didn't know how to win lane. I knew nothing essentially. And I just had to teach myself raw, just get games in and teach myself. And this entire time, because I've been putting, I've now, I think I'm at like the 70, 70 ish game mark with my Ari. That entire time I haven't been climbing, right? Because I've just been, playing Ari and learning Ari. And just the only reason I'm still remotely at the same LP around like 700-ish is because my, like I win the odd Victor game or the odd Cassio game. That's like the only reason that I was somewhat still hovering in that same LP. And I even dropped a lot actually because my I went from, I think 750 all the way to like 600, then went you all the way back up. Master, I think, yeah, I dropped a Grandmaster, went all the way back up again and went through that whole thing. Now I want to kind of break down my journey into like kind of three parts, okay? The first part was basically learning how to hit my abilities. <laughs> Even that sounds really simple. Just the feel of the Q, the feel of the way the tar the W targets minions and, and, and enemy, how, how to really hold charm and land charm, when I should be holding it, when I should be using it, gaining mastery over the using like the usage of my abilities as well as Everfrost. Okay. So that was like kind of part one of my journey. That took around, I would say 40 games, right? And I wasn't even thinking about the game. That's just... Just, just Ari abilities. Then I started, I would say from the 40 game mark to 55-ish or 60. That's when I was starting to think, okay, now I know how to hit my abilities. I know how to, I know actually kind of how to skirmish quite well. If I'm in a skirmish, I'll actually can execute it. I'm not just going to lose a skirmish anymore. Um, so now I'm actually starting to have a little bit of success. Not a lot of success, but I'm, ha I'm now bumped that 30 for whatever it was, percent win rate to 40-ish, 45, right? I bumped it up quite a lot. I started winning games. 
with Ari. But it wasn't consistent. I'm lacking consistency. One game I'll do really well pop off and carry. The other game I'll just be useless and abysmal. And there was something missing this entire time. And I thought that like, I, I thought that I had it. I'm like, I, I, I thought like I had these games where I'm winning um, and my ego was letting, just basically saying, Curtis, you know how to skirmish. You're skirmishing well. You're winning some of these games. Uh, you're great at Ari now. Like my, my ego wanted to tell me that I had done it. Like I'd solved Ari and that I'd made it and I could like climb with it. And, but I still, I was getting the games and I just thought that I needed to get raw games in, but I was still not winning enough. Like I'm still not climbing. And so it actually got to a point where like, it actually like really hurt my ego. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm, I'm, I'm really trying, I'm putting, I'm reviewing and, and, I basically had like a, not a breakdown, but I just like to like, Curtis, what the fuck is going on? You had to step back. I did just take a step back for us. Like get out of my own head Mm. and like literally just, just. So you felt like you, because this is really important because people can, can, can see this and be like, don't do it after a week, but you tried this for some, a good extent. Yeah. Like I'm getting raw, I'm getting the games and this is weeks, dude. It's been like two months or something, like a month and a half. It's been a long time. So, so that's a good enough sample size data to be like, okay, now I've got to really step back. Because it's not, like, yeah, because, I, I, you know, usually if I feel like- You definitely I, would have questioned it in that thing, but you just kept on saying, oh, let's just keep sticking Because you got to get games into no. You've got to know, like, yeah. you, can't just, you, can't, you can't just play a week of Ari with no. the new skill set and being like, oh, you know, that, that's enough. No, I got games in and I just wasn't getting anywhere. And I, I think my, my I just had to come to terms on Curtis. Like something is not right. Something is off here. And I couldn't pinpoint what it was. Because it's hard when you're in the shit by yourself. Like, you're not getting... It's not like I'm getting coaching from anyone, right? It's not like someone's able to see my gameplay objectively. Like, it's all subjectively. I'm all... I'm, I, I am biased, inherently biased, watching my own gameplay, right? And I, and I had this huge breakthrough, which was... I had a tendency to re- rely on this Leandre's Cosmic Drive build, which is a more scaling style of Ari. And it was working for me. And I thought that oh, this is just the way you should play Ari. And the only reason, my breakthrough was that the only reason Leandro's Cosmic Drive was working for me is because it was a crutch for my terrible wincon assessment. So I was, what I was doing subconsciously was not trusting my, was having actually subconsciously two things, not trusting my ability to play a fast style of Ari, as well as having terrible wincon assessment, not thinking about the map holistically. And then, and so therefore, if I, my wincon is bad, my wincon assessment is bad. If I just build the orange as a cosmic drive, I can carry through my skirmishing if the game gets elongated, which is how I was winning my games. That's why I felt so good building the orange's cosmic drive. I'm scaling, go the scaling style of Ari and carry in mid game. But then I'm like to myself, this is bullshit. This is not, there are some games where, yes, you've got to be able to do this, but this is not the way you should be playing Ari. So then my breakthrough was, okay, Curtis. Let's start to get into your wincon assessment, right? And to rewind just a little bit more here, I had this week of games where recently, this was not this week, the week before, where I had a lot of games where I wasn't actively losing my team the game. So my score lines were like three and oh, two and oh, you know, even like five and one, four and like I'm doing well, getting ace, doing, not making any, not dying to level three ganks. Um, skirmishing well, ticking all the boxes. But what I realized is that there, I had this one game that just was burned into my brain. I was, I was literally in the shower, staring at the wall. And I remember, why did I go bot here when I had a heavy trading topside matchup? This makes no sense. 
And I went bot, got the kill, but then top died or something. And we just lost. And then my default response to my ego wants to say, this is a 30% loss. Your team shit, two losing sides. But what I had to really, to be honest, when I had to really, I was just honest with myself, Curtis, if this were a client, you would be roasting them saying, why are you going bot when top's your win con? Mm. It's really and obvious in the review. Really yeah. obvious in the review, right? Yeah. And then- that would lead to my next breakthrough. So now I've realized my win con assessment is really bad. It's really bad. And then I and then recently I've now been switching it up with me a more fast style Romo-oriented style of Ari. And I've just been, it's just again had my massive, it's where it's like it's all clicked. It's all kind of come together now. Now I understand why Ludens is actually really good in certain really good situations. And Everfrost is really good. And these other builds have a have a have a place and and what you should do when you're in a hard matchup versus Vigar, et cetera. And and it's starting to really click. And now I feel completely and utterly in control of my Ari. And I just feel like now, like it's like I've just won some amazing games recently, like playing really well. Like my skirmishing is great. I now understand how my matchups, I know how my runes and my build to work work together. And now I have I have three learning objectives. And these three learning objectives have been amazing for me. First one, jungle tracking first clear and pinging the jungler if like the side lane that who's going to get ganked. So I try to ping out, like taking maximum responsibility, pinging the jungler to see. So to prevent my sidelines from dying. Second learning objective, be aware of the win condition at every single point throughout the game. Every single time. There shouldn't What's be a single time. What's the wink on? What's the wink on? Every decision I make should be in reference to the win condition. And the third one, what I call, uh, sh- uh, shout out to Milk Puddle for this one, commander mindset. And the commander mindset is taking control via communication with what you want to happen in the game. That's through pings mainly? Both. Talking, chatting, and uh, pings. So what will you type if you want to go top for a kill? I, I literally What's called my jungler. And I played a game yesterday versus Cal Casey. It was a really hard game. And I was literally shot calling. I literally typed in chat, Lee, we need to play bot side. Come bot side. Like I'm literally telling him where to play. Like he was wasting time top. Like well, we need to get, we need to kill bot. Mm. Like I'm telling him we need to die bot. Like mm. I'm literally telling my jungler what to do. This is the commander mindset. Like I'm thinking about the wing con. And rather than playing the... The victim and blaming my quote unquote shit team, I'm taking responsibility and going above and beyond to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to win and make the game as easy as possible for my team. And these three learning objectives has completely in combined with now my Ari mastery getting a, a new level. It's like I'm finally felt like I, my Ari is getting close to where my Victor and my Cassio are. This is starting to remind me of the feeling I got like last season with my Fizz and last the season before that with my TF. Like I can think of a champ every season. There's a champ that I have that feeling, got it. and it's slowly now. It's 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 very close. Like I'm, I reckon like another week of games, and I'm like probably there honestly. And and it's so funny. It's 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 usually around the eighty game mark, and it, it, that 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 number is so is just recurring all the time. Yeah. Eighty games, eighty games, like eighty games. With if you play eighty games with intensity, with a problem solving mindset, you can get extremely good with a champion. Eighty games before that, it's just shit, just noise. So that's my journey, and it's been a very humbling experience. And I learned a lot about myself, my mentality. My ego, I learned a lot about um, how blind you can be if you try to like just getting in your own head. Um, and I also, I, I learned to really respect the, the the process of learning champs. And I also, the last thing I will say here is the importance of learning objectives. Like it was a great reminder, like having really solid learning objectives 
it's just a game changer. It is an absolutely. It's just a just yeah, a game changer. Every time again, like the situation where I'm in Rexar, when I forget, when I start playing big game fights bad, I just that one question, just to focus on it. It's the not focus. It's just the focus on is the difference. I could I could know that question exists, but having like, okay, I need to identify who I need to be focusing on these fights before the fights happen. So important. It just changes your entire perception heading into the game. And so this has all really been a, like a, probably like a two month journey um, culminating in this. That's exciting. So man. this is probably the most improvement I've felt holistically as a player in like a year. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. And it's been a long slog, but finally, like I was really confused and it's all coming together now. So I'm really, um, I put in the work, like I've really been putting in games. You, like, try, you really try to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like genuinely making sacrifices in my free time to yeah. get games in. Like I've been doing four blocks, dude. Mm. I've been going that extra game, like just putting in the time and like really like being quick in my day to make sure I'm getting a solid like block of games in, like. I, I, like more, not just like a shitty two block, they're getting three to four rather than two to three, like that extra game. And it's really it helped me as well. That's next week of Solo is going to be so exciting for you. Dude. Yeah, I'm really excited, dude. Like I'm actually so excited every day yeah. and it's actually come at the expense of my YouTube because usually I do YouTube videos, but like I just am just don't want to do anything else but play Solo Q, dude. I'm just so, I'm just so excited to get in, you know? And play and just play my Ari blind pick. I don't give a fuck. I yes. just want to play Ari. That's my mindset. Like I, I literally that. just blind pick Ari every game. Yes. I don't give a shit. I'm just an Ari one trick right now. When, when so I, I just want to play. I just want to play when, Ari. When I'm at my best with a champion, that's the exact mindset. I don't care how bad that is in this draft. I'm gonna play it, and it just feels so. You feel so powerful. You do, and I know what my role is. I remember last night I was actually first in Calcasey, an MLA member, and I purposely counterpicked myself two games in mm, a row. Mm. Because Ari is not good into Vigar. Heaps of Ari mains in my MLA ban Vigar. It's one of the one of the most annoying matchups. I, didn't know that. I literally picked it into Vigar two games in a row. It makes sense because the cage, you can't yeah. ultimate way. And you're forced to take cleanse. It's really annoying. Ah. Um anyway, but then, but I, I figured it out and now I know how to first Vigar. I love it. So it's just yeah, you know, just like just getting obsessed with champ mastery, just I just love it, dude. I just it's, it's just fun. been amazing. It's just been a really interesting journey for me. And think about this. I've been playing the game for 12 years, guys. And, and I'm had, still having, still having breakthroughs. huge breakthroughs. There's so much to learn about League of Legends. It's just an unbelievably complex game. It's humbling, very humbling. And and so I, I actually use myself as like a, an example for the MLA, guys. I'm like, people, one of the one of my recent clients, Kari, was saying, um, I'm so embarrassed that I'm making the same mistakes on my champion. Like he's, he's a long-term Vex player. And he's like, he and he, he like, fucked around with other champs and come back to Vex and brought a review saying, Curtis, I'm so stuck with Vex. Look at the review for like seven, eight minutes, wasting ultimates, not thinking about win conditions, just Vex fundamentals. And he said, Kurt, Curtis, I'm so embarrassed. Like how, how am I a Vex main if I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally forgetting the Vex fundamentals. And I'm like, dude, imagine me. I'm a coach. It's my full-time job. Mm. This is all I do and live and breathe mm. and think about the game. I literally coach for five hours a day. And then the rest of my other hours playing solo queue. And I've done this for years. It's been my full-time job for like six years or some shit, seven years. And I've played the game for 12 years and I'm making basic mistakes, like not thinking about wink cons. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about me, dude? Like it's I actually, I actually like it's good. use me as like an, an example of how hard this game is. So just accept it. We're going to go, you're going to, you're going to recycle learning objectives. That's right. Really important. How many times have you set a basic learning objective? Like whatever it might be like identify wink on or like, 
identify my role in fights or even just like basic. Sometimes you even forget like just basic shit, like panning your camera to side lanes or something. Like you have to just revisit basics sometimes. Like I've had tracking first clear of the jungle probably like 35 times as a learning more. As a learning objective, it just recycles uh, over and I'm over again. I'm obsessed with the basics. It's just the funnest part of League of Legends. Uh, there's nothing sexy. Boring is sexy. That's our favorite quote. One of my favorite quotes, yeah. It's so fun, man. All the little basic stuff, the boring stuff you do over and over again, and you mm. forget it and you go back to it. Yeah. And I wanted to share this story because I think many of, I'm sure there are many listeners who have been in a very similar toxic cycle. And I'm not, I'm not immune to it because I teach it, you know, that just shows like how the ego and the, just the, 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 the inability to see your gameplay objectively. That's the value of a coach. It actually That's made right. me really realize as well. Like, fuck, I wish I had a coach, you know, sometimes. This could have sped up the process. Or oh, dude, it. if I, got, you might've never found the solution. You might've, if just I wasn't curious, Ari. if my ego was like insane, yeah. I maybe never would have found it. You just like, never uh, just give Ari, up Ari, Ari or just shit. be hard suck 700 LP. Yeah. Right, that could just be the case, which is why we see a lot of people stay at the same rank. For even years. In, even challenger, we see them like they just plateau or master. They get to rank, yep. and their ego won't let them go to the next level. That's right. Now, um, I do want to talk. Like, I think there's. I got a topic that kind of flows on from this really nicely. Actually, um, Mechanicless is a 30 year old guy in the MLA. He calls himself a boomer. Which is 30-year-old boomer? In League of Legends community, yes. Right. But it is not. No. But it is not in, in real life. I think you've got to be like 60, 70 years old. And <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's the equivalent. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so the legal equivalent is 30 years old. You're a boomer. Yeah. And um, he said something so profound to me that I wanted to share today, which was he said, Curtis, I've been getting really good results recently. And I said, okay, what's, what's changed? Like, what have you done differently? He said, Curtis- just getting consistent three blocks in, like the, the 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 importance of just consistent League of Legends has completely changed my journey. So what like a lot of I've had a few people actually say the same thing to me where they they schedule the way they play and they justify their games played is on one game I'm gonna play like twenty one day I'm gonna play twenty games and then I'm not gonna play for three days. And then I'm gonna play a little bit, and then I'll, I won't play for again. And then I'll play 25 games in one day or something. They 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 like binge solo queue and then take extended breaks. And what he said is that he he changed his schedule around where he's just getting consistent two blocks or three blocks every day, just playing league every day, at least six days a week. Doesn't have to be three blocks, even just a two block. Just getting in the game in solo queue consistently is crucial for making good progress in league. And and I think that that's something that um, we don't, I mean, we talk about three blocks, but I don't think we talk about consistency enough. The consistency enough. of it. Like just being consistent. It, it, and like we talk about having 21 games, or at least 20 games a week or something. Ideally, if possible. It's every day. You don't want to play 10 games on Saturday, 10 games Sunday. Mm. You want to dribble them in throughout the week, ideally. Mm. Thoughts? Um, well, it's funny because I, when I said the three block, the way that I structured it in my mind was every day. I, no. I, it, I, I just thought that was a given, but I didn't actually realize and it makes sense. And I'm pretty ignorant for not thinking that, yeah, people probably could space it out or like they get yeah. busy one day or maybe then two days or they don't. A, a really good flow on topic from this actually is I had a question in, um, in the Soul 2 Discord this week saying, do you have like a problem or feeling that, 
Um, you need like the perfect environment to play. So they have like perfectionism, a mindset, mm. and then that that's an excuse for them not to play. Mm. And I think that that having that mindset of consistency and 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 I think that perfectionist mindset will ruin that really easily, mm. right? Because you're like, I need to get in the perfect center. I need to have the perfect mindset. I need to, I need be, to be at 110 percent intensity, intensity. Otherwise, I can't it's play. So important. I think it's really important to be learn to play at your worst. Play it like 70 percent, 70 percent, 65 percent intensity. Yeah. Just get the games. Get in. the games in. Get the Absolutely. games in. And and again, this is the going back to just being afraid to just suck and just lose zero three blocks are really important i feel they're good that really puts up you know some painful experience some some pressure on you and and let's say let's say again you don't feel good like let's say you've been you've you've had a really long day at work you know and you just said we don't have to be a three block get the two games do a two block do a two block lose and then just move on to the next day it's fine it's fine it's good you'll be better off in the long run i think you'll be better off in the long run agreed you know and and people get in this mindset it's like because uh, you know how we talk about it, it's like intensity stuff, and then sometimes I feel like that scares people because it's like, oh, if I'm not intensity, then Curtis, yeah. then what's the point of? Because I'm not going to improve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we probably have scared a lot of people with the intensity. The intensity is a goal. Like, if you can, right? The goal is that we want to maximize our intensity, right? When we come in with the most focus, but. What's even more, I think what's even more important is just raw games and consistency. I think it actually takes precedence over intensity in a weird way. But I don't know. It's it's like we, we've, I think it d- does depend on the player though, you know, because when I'm saying this statement, I'm thinking of a 28, 28 year old guy who, or girl, woman who works full time and, and doesn't have much time and is like, is maybe thinking, oh, you know, I'll, I just won't play these few days, but I'll make up for it on the weekend. That's like what I'm envisioning yeah. for those people Getting the consistent games in is the most important thing. But when it, we're talking about like a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid who has a shit ton of time, then I'm thinking intensity is probably more important That's for them right. because they have yes. a lot of time and they, they, they probably are already getting the games in anyway. That's right. For them. And so it depends on the client and depends on that their, their situation. So both are important. I think that's a better way to frame it. Think about... Think about, well, let's say, our gym journey over the last two years. Mm. How many days have we had just low intensity days? And then we have high, like really high intensity high days. Ins- we probably have the more high intensity, the low intensity, mm. but just showing just up. Show up. You just got to show up. You just got to show up. You show up. You have those shitty days. You feel like pieces. You feel like a piece of shit. You know, you didn't push yourself. You didn't lift yep. that much, but you showed up. You, yep. And your muscles are getting worked still. It's the same thing. You have a league. There is a league muscle. Yeah, of like understanding, like feeling, having a feel of the game pace yeah. and that sort of stuff. So the the consistently showing yeah. up is so important. <laughs> I I still can't believe I have to repeat this, and I'm sorry if I offend people, but I get questions. So okay, let me reframe this. I very rarely ask for OPGGs. That's something I just haven't done for the past probably two years. Ever since I, I've never looked at an OPG. I, I just never ask. Asked. I just get into the details. Usually, I'll ask yeah. a few questions. Yeah, and I've actually started to ask for OPGGs more. Because I'm getting questions and now like like I wanna make sure that people are getting games in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roast you, Aria. Aria, she MLA is MLA member. She's writing me this long, you know, paragraph about about, about all her problems and learning <laughs> objectives and all this crap, right? Not crap, but just problems. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Aria. Let, let me just get a gauge. Can I please, before I answer this question, um, can I please see your OBGG? Look at the amount of ranked games this season. Mm. There was 50. Oh, come on. 50. 25 wins and 27 losses come or some on. shit. And I said, Aria, just stop. Stop. You're overthinking. This is just overthinking You're, things. Just not doing the And she had heaps of normal games. Oh, and I said, oh, even worse. every, I said, you, 
you these normal games, they're useless. You're not improving. And no. I said, even if you have been improving, you wouldn't even know if you've improved because you're not playing ranked. That's right. So, you know, just back it up and get games in. Like there was, I got sent a TikTok um, on the BBC channel by this guy. He's at his TikTok. We'll give him some, give him some little shout, shout out. out here. <laughs> at reversed Z. Yeah. Reverse Z. And I got sent these two TikToks from this guy. And it's just this, this dude. And he's like, uh, you know, he's in the camera and he's basically saying, guys, it's not my fault that I'm hard stock silver. Uh, you know, and he shows like a, a, a screenshot of like his like post game lobby where he's like fifteen and three as Zed. You're telling me it's my fault when look at the enemy team; they are all twelve and zero, and look at my team zero twelve. You're telling me I'm stuck, bro? And then he's like saying, "Shut the fuck up." You play these games, and like I'm like, and then I searched up this guy's OPG. He literally has 120 games for the entire... has 60 wins, 67 losses or something for the entire season. And he even has a 54% win rate in Zed and he's complaining about not climbing. He's complaining about being hard stuck. He has 45 games as a Zed one trick. He has 45 Zed games. You should be shitting that out for breakfast. <laughs> I mean, that's that's two weeks of the think free about process. What, think about how disrespectful that is. It is super disrespectful. Because I said to the start of this the thing, mm. saying that it it took me, it's taken me about borderline 80 games just to feel like I can actually win. 80 games just to feel like I can win. Before that, I'm not even able, I, I know why, I know, you can't even win, really. You shouldn't even be pretending that you're going to win below 80 games. People like to think that their problems are really big or unique and all that sort of stuff. People love to, to. I always see in my messages like it's like this is my problem. Like you know, what should I do? Should I give up and stuff? And again, there's just no respect. It's not even the the basics of the in game stuff. It's about just how to get good at something. That's a lot of what we teach you. <laughs> it's not just League of Legends. It's like so, you've got to show up every day. You got to be consistent. You got to have it's potential. Just disrespect ask, for the game. Ask time high and time, and time again. This is just disrespect for the game. It's like let's let's say let's say you're making a meal, you're like cooking. Let's say you've cooked this meal three times, right? And you're saying, "Oh my god, I'm such a bad chef." All that sort of stuff, right? You, you know, you, you you don't have the intricacies. You haven't, you know, you see like those like uh, you know, like seventy year old Italian moms. Like they've like done they've this done like thousands decades, of decades, <laughs> decades okay? literally. Like come on, They're, like there's respected. a reason that lasagna is the best. That's right. <laughs> You know, like, come like on. Your nonna, your nonna's food Absolutely. is the best for a reason. And doesn't have to think, doesn't have all these, you know, problems and stuff like that. Even, even I could follow that same recipe be and terrible. it would never be the same. Yep. Because there's just that touch or that, mm. you know, the game sense, the food sense. Let's talk about the expert thing, Nathan, then. Okay. This is perfect segue, Absolutely. I reckon. All right. So, Veritasium. I got sent this video by someone in the MLA, the BBC channel, and I just sent it to you. I thought it was fascinating. Oh, it's, it's absolutely excellent. All these videos are always a bang. We've, we've re- re- uh, talked about him on the, remember, we, I think the episode we did like last year about one of his videos about the- He's an Aussie as well. Is he really? Yeah, he's an Aussie. Oh, Veritasium. Well, you've probably heard or seen his videos. He's super famous yeah. on YouTube. He's like, tw- he's like 12 million subs or something. Um, we, we made a video, la- we talked about on the Broken My Concept podcast last year about l- types of learning like you know people think they're a visual learner and like a, right how yep. that's just bullshit and you're yeah. actually everything yep. i love those those type of videos and he made one on being an expert what it takes to be an expert um so we can just pull things the title the was four things you need to know to be an expert or yep. something like that so those four things are having a valid environment 
So a predictable environment, for other words, many repetitions, timely feedback, and deliberate practice. So let's break down all of them and talk about the examples yeah. that he, he mentioned. Um, the, the beginning of the video is really interesting because he talks about um, there was a talks about chess specifically and Magnus Carlsen and he had this ability to um, record like games just based on movement because from like fifty years ago. Dude, right? that would show a chessboard and like with three moves he'd be able to say what game it is. This was who the like a game were. like thirty years ago or something. And just goes to show just this guy has studied the fuck out of this game, right? Again, respect for the craft. And they had this example of uh, a, a, a three types of levels of chess players of a master chess player, a, a like a med- intermediate, like an advanced beginner, and then just a beginner. And they had boards um, that they were able to look at for like a short period of time. And they were meant to uh, memorize, you know, what the board looked like. And the, the first one was they showed a master and he was able to get like, you know, best 60% of the pieces, whatever. The intermediate one was like 20%. And then the beginner one was like literally like three pieces. And then once they switched the board up to things that weren't realistic, it's not even basically chess, it's like impossible situations. Just putting the pieces in random, random places. <laughs> they were all three levels were almost identical the same. Like they were able to get three um three three pieces. Three pieces. So there's so many ways you could look at this for League of Legends. Champ mastery, right? Like if I went to play AD carry right now, right? I haven't seen certain situations and stuff to like just because I'm a challenger player, I would I'll probably still, you know, like obviously I understand the game and stuff, but I'll probably I'll be way lower than what I am here. The other thing around around that as well is talking about a huge part of what we've learned in League of Legends. It's not about being a talented or skilled gamer. Like obviously mouse control movement's important, but it's about pattern recognition. So then, you know, we talk all about the subconscious and you talk about system one, system two, which actually refers from the video, just showing how powerful you've, you've basically, if you're going to be good at anything, you have to rely on subconscious. It's impossible to only, you can't, as much as everyone thinks they're super smart, like, oh, if I really think hard, I can get good at it. But no, you, you have to, we have to rely on subconscious. It's impossible. Yeah. Muscle memory. You can never get good at it. You can't be an expert without relying on that. And, and, and that. the way I, one of the other, the thing I took away from that was how the master who was able to remember a lot of the pieces on the chessboard when it was a normal chess situation, he like chunked the pieces of information. So like the way the board was, he's like, oh, that's a, Sicilian defense and that's that or like he, was so he wouldn't even have to look at the but he just knows he what just knows like. what those combinations yeah, are like, yeah. and it's the same thing for us Nathan right Absolutely. like if we get given a, a, like a screenshot or like a short clip we can break down that situation so quickly because we know how to chunk the pieces of information in that clip really quickly and this is what we teach right it's like okay who's your wink on boom that's a piece of chunking right who's the who's strong who's weak um Where's your teammate's location? That's like another chunk. What's the next objective? Boom, that's another chunk. What's happening with the wave? What's happening with the wave? What's the next, what towers are up? Like we're able to like chunk. We know what to look for instantaneously to be able to break down a situation because we're chunking that pieces of information into core pivotal concepts. And that's what we teach. We teach concepts, right? We teach concepts in the game. And once you understand those concepts, you're in a lot of situations. Even if you haven't been in those similar situations, you'd be able to kind of at least have a guess of what what you should be thinking, what 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 the game state really is, and the key thing is that decision would be subconscious. You don't yeah. really need to think about it. It's just like it's just boom. It's like, like oh, what else it's are you like that concept. At? Oh, I've seen <laughs> that before. Oh, this is looking. I just know yeah. what to do without even thinking. Yeah, it's awesome. And Magnus Carlsen actually said there was an interview he did when he was younger, talking about they said like, how do you 
like, do you outthink or outsmart people? And he just says, I just know what to do because he studied the game. So he just know, like, I just know what to do. Like, it's actually a huge thing when I'm coaching is actually that's the hard part over the last couple of years. It's like, I've seen this situation. I know what to do, but like, then you've actually got to learn how to explain it. Well, that's what, difficult. The, that's the difficulty of coaching, right? Mm. Like, this is our problem, right? Where people piss on the craft of coaching. If, if you get any high-low jungler, like really, we're talking high yellow, a really high yellow jungler, and you give them a situation, and a and a someone comes to coaching, and they, they says, "What should I do here?" They'll be able to tell you what to do. Don't get a, like they will give you value in that sense. They'll be able to tell you how you could have won that game, right? And what you should have done in these particular situations, but they won't be able to tell you why and how they came to that conclusion, and how you can develop the skill to be able to come to that conclusion by yourself. Every video that I did on my YouTube was literally. I, I, I was trying to like, I, I wanted to explain a concept that I knew how to do. So I just had to give it a, 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 a title and then explain it, like go deep on it. Like that's how I did my YouTube. It was literally, why do I do this? Okay. What's going on here? Okay. I'm going to give it a word and then I'm going to explain it. That's literally what we've done for years now is just basically give shit titles or give him like a, a concept or a name and kind of deep dive on that concept. And why are we doing that? And he's like, oh, we do this because I'm looking at that piece of information, you know? And that's what I, the, the real, the funny thing with this one was roaming. I didn't realize how many pieces of information I would process when I was roaming. There's so much that goes so into So quickly, hmm. but in what order and what was most important to me? That's the, that was the most fascinating thing. It's like I could, when I first started coaching, I could tell people wh when they should roam, but I wouldn't really, that was asked like, what should I be looking for? How could I roam You like would this? say some things, but then you'd be like, well, that's actually not that. That is a factor, but that's not important. That will bump it down. You have to actually structure the yeah, order. Yeah, now I yeah. know exactly what to like say. Yeah. Okay, this is what's important. This is why in this order, boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, it's a skill. But I didn't have that as a coach when I first started. I did like really learn that. It's so fascinating how our brains just work when you play a lot of the game. Really fascinating. And then again, going into the importance of the getting those repetitions to see the pattern. Yes, that's the, the repetitions. repetitions. Otherwise, if you have 50 games... You're not going to have many, you're not going to see many patterns there. And you're just going to be so slow. It's just impossible to make the right decision at that time because league's so fast paced. I thought the deliberate practice was the most interesting part of that so video. So that, that's, that's really what the whole video was about. So the first things he talks about, these are like very, like let's say for League of Legends, a valid replicable environment, that's that's Summoner's Rift, yep. right? Like same map. Five, same map, everything, yep. right? That doesn't change. The rare repetitions, this is a very standard. Everyone Getting knows. Getting games in. The 10,000 too. He's talked about, you know, the, he asked the question, does 10,000 hours still make you an expert? And the answer was no because of this last one. And then the timely feedback was uh, the other, the third one. And that's about, you know, win losses. And we get that easily in League of Legends, but he used it in the real world. Like he used an example of uh, investing in the in the markets and how it's, um, oh, no, so he used no. the, so the college. The, for timely feedback, he said, uh, like experts would struggle to identify, let's say if someone was like an A student there in high school, they couldn't predict. really predict yeah. what they were going to do in, in yeah. college because there wasn't the, the, the years. It takes years. Well, right? what, what, I, what I got from that part with the timely feedback was that we're very lucky in league that we do get basically immediate Instant feedback. Because feedback, yeah. when you die, that's feedback. Yep. Right? If you overextend and you die, that's instant feedback. Yep. If you go for a gank, you need to get a kill. 
That's instant feedback. If the gank fails, yep, instant yeah. feedback. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you get counter gank, instant feedback. So like League is so many little pieces of instant feedback. What I loved is that we recently read a book in the BBC Book Club, or maybe it was like not recent, but maybe two or three months ago about from Nassim Taleb. And Nassim Taleb talks about how he 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 calls bullshit on a lot of financial experts. And basically his one of his big takes or hot takes was these financial experts actually have no idea. And a lot of it is just simply luck. And the reason this is the case, and he kind of gave it a more thorough uh, explanation was the environment is not, contr- it's not replicable. So the feedback is also not good. You're not getting enough feedback because the feedback loop takes so long and the environment isn't controlled. So think about it. If you're trying to invest in the stock market, every day is different. It's not like you're investing in the same day. Like if we could replay the same day over and over and over again and do all the same trades, you'd be able to like see what works and what doesn't. But every day is a differing environment. So you can't actually, like trying to predict what is happening in the future is fundamentally, it doesn't make sense because even if you learn something, it's a different environment. So theoretically, it's hard to like take learnings in one situation and put that into future situations. And he spoke about an, a, a uh, he did, there was a, in, the, in that video, there was that um, interesting experiment that someone did about, they asked like a hundred uh, financial and political experts to predict what would happen in these worldwide events. And this was over like a, a long time. And after all these events happened, they realized and looked at the results that um, these people were as good as random. It was literally a coin flip. So the people that were quote unquote experts actually had no idea about whether or not how the world would actually turn out, even though they're quote unquote experts. This is their field of study. It's just, you just flip because the environments are not, it's not controlled and they're not getting timely feedback, which I found fascinating. And we're lucky in league in that sense. That's why league's so fun to improve, right? Because it's, it's well, again, what we teach, why we love the game so much is because everything, you can learn the game and a challenger player makes sense and a goal player makes perfect sense. But it shows also why learning an instrument or learning a traditional sport is even easier than league though. Because you actually have the, like everything is literally yeah, identical. League is the different element because the patches. The and patches like and that, also yes. like like you're in a lot of different situations. It's You've got as- to learn a lot of yeah. Yeah, situations. And that situation, like that could be like that, you know, this year, let's say they change the spell of the map. It's like suddenly I can't gank this side because there's a brush randomly popped up here. You know what I mean? Like yep. stuff like that could change. Or so. like the value of Rift Herald yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And plates. And, and dragons. And dragons recent, recent and all that right? stuff. Yeah. All right, so yeah, so the, the three core ones that he explores at the beginning of the video, again, is valid environment, many repetitions, timely feedback, and then why those are not enough to become an expert and why 10,000 hours, you know, people say 10,000 expert and why, let's say, there's many league players that have played 10,000 hours, but they're still silver or gold is because of the deliberate practice elements. And, um, and he talked about how even people could actually put more time into things and even get worse um, because they are not asking high quality questions, not being intentional, learning objectives. There's a great example we talked about in terms of driving a car. The first um, 50 hours, you can get to a cap and then you pretty much everything's in your muscle memory in system, that's system. Yep, system one. System, system one, I can't system remember which one. one it is. Yep. 
Um, and then uh, the only way you actually get better at driving is by putting yourself in more challenging environments in terms of speed, weather conditions, all that sort of stuff. And that's the same with the league, right? Like, let's say it's actually really funny. I had a, I had a, a, a gold client. He was a trundle player. And what he did every game, he did this from, from like bronze to gold, right? Every single game, no matter what, he did blue gromp and then go and invade their red every game. Every game, no matter every what. Every game, no matter what. Oh, my God. Right? And it was a success. I, told, I explained to him why it wasn't replicable and why, you know, and you should get level three first from your camps and look to invade and all that sort of stuff. So think about if he kept on, like, he just wouldn't get anywhere anymore because that just doesn't work anymore. It caps out. It caps out, right? So that's sort of just, again, just saying, like, he's not, you know, he's not really researching the game at that point. He's not seeing anyone else do that. It's just like a strategy he came up with. Um, and it's very easy to get into that rut of just doing the same thing. That's getting comfortable, right? Is you get comfortable and also you're you're told that you just need to get more games in. That's right. Like that's like one of the narratives, right? It's just get more games in. Get and we even say that, get more games in. But like you gotta have curiosity. You gotta be intentional with what you're trying to learn and get into the review. That's Put yourself in a comfortable position. Complete the learning cycle. You do something, why does it work? Why does it not work? Rinse, repeat, keep going, completing that that cycle. Um yeah, that one was really, really important because that actually really explains why we have those, even some of our friends that like stuck in bronze for like years because they're not training or they're not playing deliberately. They're just kind of going through the motions and playing with autopilot. And and um, this actually reminds me a lot. And I, oh, I, I'm going to say this, but I don't know if it's like a really applicable, but Dorito he is always in the MLA VOD question channel asking questions like, okay, he sends a clip. He said, what do I do here? This is, I, uh, there's a fight here. How do I play this fight? Or how, why did I die to this gank? Like he's just basically asking these questions and he's getting feedback. And that's really great, right? He's asking for secondary opinions. But he recently told me, he said, because I'm going nowhere. I'm getting games in. I'm following the process. I'm going nowhere. And what I've realized with him is that he's not asking really good quality questions. He's not actually understanding the why. So what he's doing, he's just like, he's just like basically going through the motions. Like he's saying, I die here. Why do I die? Oh, yep. I should just step to the left. Okay. <laughs> you know, or I should lean to the other side, but he's not asking the right questions. The right questions would be guys, if you're in this situation, how would you be thinking? What would your mindset like be if you're approaching a fight like this? What are you looking for? in these situations and uh, another one he always says is curtis why do people tell me that i need to keep like i'm playing too aggressive why 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 do every single time they tell me i'm playing too aggressive and i should just hold away from my side i'm like that's the sort of question you just ask you should ask why do you value your life in these situations why do you value holding the wave in these situations why like niall spoke about this you think you you got an answer ask why three more times well i like that okay why did you die here? Why should I be thinking that? Why does you be thinking that? You just ask, go deeper, go two levels mm. deeper, go three levels deeper. Mm. That's how you get to the root cause. That's how, you, that's how you get across a mindset. That's how you get to the real, the core, the core of stuff. That's the problem with Dorito. He's just touched surface level. Surface level answer question, surface level answer. Good quality questions, good quality answers. Getting deep, going deep. And that ties into liberal practice. I think he's getting practice. He's getting reps but he's not deliberately trying to like change his mindset, change the way he's fundamentally viewing the game. He's still actually playing the game with the same mindset. That's what he's doing. He hasn't really changed. So he's not going to get anywhere. He won't get anywhere. And he's not getting anywhere. 
Well, he actually, he did improve a little bit, but like he's kind of plateaued. He's going to plateau. He won't really, he'll be stuck where he is for a long time if he doesn't change the way he's asking questions. So it's a very important one. Very important video for a lot of people to watch, I think. Yep, uh, there'll be a link in the description. The last part of the video I want to talk about, I actually don't remember how that came into. I think there was the feedback one about the the 80%, 20%. Yes. The mice, and this is so replicable to everyone in their league journey and just just how humans are just so, we're so fragile and like we're so, we just overthink the shit out of things. So there's like this mice, they have an experiment where they have, if, if he presses the one button, 80% of the time he'll get food. If he presses the other button, um, there's a 20%. Oh, no, sorry. I think that – wait, how do I explain this? So there's a green light yeah. and there's a red light. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 80% of the time it will go to the green light. 20% will pop up on the red light, but you get you get shocked if you do it wrong, right? But the 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 mice realizes, I'm just going to keep pressing the 80%. I don't care if I get shocked because it's just always high percent chance. The, the right? mice actually realizes that – the, it, it's never com- touch the red light it's coming though. on the red the green 80 percent of the time yeah. and the red only 20 percent. so if i just keep pressing the green then i'm going to be good i'm 80 percent of the time i'm winning i'm getting i'm getting my result whereas when humans humans trying to game the system they want to try and get 100 so if humans are in the same experiment what yeah. they do they try to like they'll press 80, green 80 80 and then they'll like, think oh next one's 20. gonna be the red one they'll <laughs> yeah. try to fit the red one yeah which is so interesting when in reality what they should do is just keep pressing yeah, green yeah. that's just the thing that's gonna like win you the most reward you the most of the time but because we try to create a narrative you know it's like it's gonna be this time trust me it's been four in a row next one it's gonna be but it's actually no it's actually there's no correlation because it's 80 percent chance like it's just it's refreshed every single time it could just be 10 in a row 10 in a row like Mm. who knows they're not they're not interconnected but we try to create a narrative and this ties directly into solo queue doesn't it because we interpreted this a little bit differently right where for me the way i thought of this was um, let's say someone has like a style that they've been playing the, the game with, right? So it's like, okay, I'm playing my Ari this particular way. It's working. I'm getting results. I'm winning most of my games. But then they have this one game where they try to play for Rome. Say their style's roaming, shoving and moving. And they roam to sides, but he had two losing sides, so he couldn't roam. So now he's like, fuck it. My strategy doesn't work. I, I, I got to try <laughs> something different. Now. Throw it in the bin. I got to try something different. <laughs> and I, I'm just going to play for myself now. Because it didn't work that one game. Because it didn't work that one game. But it's just one game. Like, yep, you're going to lose that one game. But 80% the majority of games, if you continue this style, you're going to climb. But people just self-sabotage and they change their style completely. What was your interpretation? My interpretation was, I mean, it's sort of similar to mm. yours talking about this is why people ditch champions so quickly because once they find the weakness of the champion, they they, they try and game the system. Like, okay, this is this champion's bad in this draft here. So, or, or like, let's say I've lost five games on my champ, my main champ. I, now I'm going to, you know, th- this is the 20%. I'm going to go for this. And uh, it just goes back, you know, like one of my first sayings back in, talking about why people struggle to improve. And my philosophy is the smarter you are, the harder it is to improve at League of Legends because you're way better creating narratives and you're way better at sticking to them. And actually creating a narrative so... it Like if I was to talk to you, like let's say you're super smart, you would actually convince me like, oh, actually you're right. Like that's how good it is. And then so that I I, I wouldn't even be able to argue with it. But it's, yeah. it's, it is wrong in the grand scheme of things. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there is advantage or disadvantage to that, but that's always just what I've seen. Like really smart people that come into Salto and stuff. I'm like, it's just going to be such a hard time. Like you got to, you know, go back to the Maverick, you know, don't think. Don't think. Yeah. Don't think. It's such don't an think. important aspect of League. 
And smart people just are really fucking good at thinking. It's like yeah. uh, same with the MA client. What was it? What's her name again? To do the fifty games. Aria, yeah. Do you think she's overthink the shit out of that? Yep. You know. Yep. Instead of just being like, oh, I'm just. You know, yeah. I don't want to say it's dumb, but just be like, oh, I'm just going to keep smashing the cube and just queuing up and see what happens. You know, like that actually gets you better results. Yeah, but th- this is this is the thing with league is is that you need both. You need both, of course. And yeah. like we, we we when we say these statements, we're thinking of a particular client. We are. But we yes. got to remember that yeah. there's different types of clients. There's Absolutely. clients that don't think at all. Yeah. And all and they do the need problem. to do is think. <laughs> so right. it's just a mixed bag. You just got so many different clients. It is that have different problems. Um, yeah. Which I found interesting. That's one of the interesting things about our work, right? Um, I got like maybe. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on that one? By the way, oh yeah, you you talked about um, autopilot. Uh, what, what's your definition of autopilot? Because Curtis, I think autopilot's super misunderstood in League of Legends. Because I, I have clients come around, they say they're autopilot in this situation, and I don't think that's the case at all. I think that we've lost the term of autopilot because he didn't, even if he was piloting, he doesn't know what to do next. So then the, the, the excuse is autopiloting. Does this make sense? Wait, so you're saying that you have clients that they, 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 you get into a review yeah. and then they make a mistake and then they say, oh, I'll just autopilot so it doesn't matter. Not even make a mistake. Just they're, they're walking around the map. And, and they miss then, an opportunity. Yeah, they miss an opportunity. Right. Or they're not taking control of the game. They just say that I'm autopiloting. Um, what do you think about this, Curtis? Because I, I, I don't understand that term anymore. Because think about like I think about my gameplay, right? Autopiloting, yeah, it could be a factor. Like I'm not, but like it's it's almost I'm not even playing the game. Like it's impossible for me to autopilot because there's so much I need to think about. But I think you're conflating the two. Like, like there can be two problems, right? So let's say you're let's say I'm just going to create a situation for a jungler. Let's yeah. say the jungler's like down pot to top, and he's quote unquote autopiloting, and he just missed a free gank window top, right? The problem with autopiloting, right, is that you don't know if the problem is because of the autopilot or that's just the genuine like, level. Like they yes. would have missed that no matter what. Yeah, that's right. That's the dangerous thing about autopilot. Yeah. Autopilot in my mind is you're just, you're, you're playing, you're not really playing with intensity. You're just kind of going through the motions. You're just trusting. You're just only using your muscle memory. Now, um, so the way I view that with these clients is that if you're going to play every game with autopilot, I actually don't know what you're capable of and you don't know what you're capable of. So when you get into the review and you see a missed opportunity or a mistake, you're going to blame it on the autopilot when in reality, maybe if you're playing with intensity, you would have actually made the same mistake, but we don't know. We don't know which one it is. That's right. That's the dangerous part of That's what I feel like. I don't know what that means anymore. Right. Because yeah, I don't know. Well, I think it's a simple, what I say is that like, if you're not playing with intensity, like we can't, like, I don't know if this is a genuine problem or not. So I say, send me another VOD, <laughs> you know? This is actually, get your intensity sorted. That's why I talk about maybe your pregame ritual or you're playing a block. So you, what's your, are you exercising and shit? Like, get your intensity sorted first. And that's why I always say when, when people say, what, what, what VOD should I bring? Bring any VOD that you play with intensity. I don't give a shit what that's happens. That's right, what it is. That's right. And as long as you're playing with intensity, because then I know what you're capable of. And you know, you know what you're capable of. Yep. So I guess it's uh, more of remove the word autopilot, just in play with intensity. Like, so your first response is get a game with intensity yes. and then we can see. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Because otherwise you might give them a, you might say, give them a learning objective about this, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're not painting your camera to sides, but if that guy was really trying, maybe he does that. And then he just wastes his time. 
right? We have no idea. Okay. That's my interpretation. I, I think that's food for thought. I like it. So this one's a bit spicy, but I feel like we have an obligation to talk about this one. We've got huge obligations of the Broken by Concept podcast, Curtis. Got to keep the community in check, the solo so, community. Okay. So there was this guy is actually an ex MLA member. His name's Kyose. And um he's a good kid, right? He's a good kid. Young whippersnapper. Think, yeah, young kid. Um, I think he's a little bit confused. And I think that we need to, we're going to make an example of him today. Sorry, Kioso, if you're watching this, we're going to use you as a bit of an example here. So this, I think a while ago, we all played a game together. It was me, you, and I versus Kioso mid, and then you were on his team playing support. And there was a situation where a river skirmish broke out and you were playing support and you all in the enemy 80 carry, the enemy 80 carry down the long lane. You burnt that, you chunked him and burnt the enemy 80 carry flash. Whereas me on my team, I moved into river and it was a bit of a river skirmish. And we pushed the enemy jungle back or whatever it was. And um, Kyose wanted to fight. He wanted to like do something in the river or like he wanted you guys to roam up instead of going for that kill and contest the river. And he didn't adapt, right? He didn't adapt didn't the in the moment. He, he couldn't accept, he, he like didn't look at what you were doing bot or just had an idea in his mind of the way it should, should play out. Play out yeah. And... And he walked up, got uh, hit by a random bind, which was really fully in his control not to get hit by, and got chunked. And and that kind of ruined the game. I think we, we got a bunch yeah, of- Yeah, we got quadruple game as well. Yeah, because yeah, then you compensated and then we killed everyone because you compensated or whatever. And then um, you, he was streaming at the time. Yeah, I went into his Twitch chat and then I was curious. I said, uh, l- let's see. Like, you know, he's been an XMLA member. Let's see, member, let's yeah. see if he's able to- I want to see if he can watch you reviews this from his perspective. Yeah, right? so if this guy would review this, because you asked him, like, can you go to that moment, right? Yep. And like review it, right? And then what was his response, Nathan? Well, my takeaway was he literally is unable to review. Like he literally doesn't have the skill to review. Because what, what was his response in that moment? Oh, his response in the moment was the theoretical play of what we should have done not adapted to what was actually happening in the map. No, but what did he and not what, what did he say? What did he say? He said something like, he said something like- just, Oh, he's blaming the Udi out. Yeah, yeah he blamed, blamed the jungler. jungler. He yeah, flamed right. the jungler, yeah. right? He yeah. flamed the jungler. And then he said, all junglers in Osaka. Yeah, he said, all junglers in Osaka. He yeah. flamed the jungler when he could have easily just gone back mid. He didn't need to commit. That's like, right. It's a super obvious situation. Th- th- it's fine. You guys burn bot flash. You mm. got to lead bot. Mm. It's whatever. We mm. lose the scuttle. You guys lose the scuttle. The game's still fine. Mm. But he he got chunked. And then and then you like he's like, I'm assuming he's pinged and you guys walked up and died as well or whatever. But he- this was all his fault. That's right. He was solely responsible yep. for the outcome of the situation. And what was really interesting, when you asked him that question, he wa- he wasn't able to get into the details no. and look at how he contributed to the situation because maybe he's on stream and he wants to look good in front of his peers or whatever the hell it might be. But his ego wasn't letting him actually objectively look at the play. And it's quite frankly, quite embarrassing. Absolutely. Now- I was super disappointed because I had high expectations for him. I said, I thought he was able to review because it was an MI and stuff like that. Well, I think he actually left the MI because he just didn't agree with the principle. He just gave up, right? Anyway, what was super interesting is that um, then I saw there was a, there's like this meme in OS, not a meme. It's like a a toxic excuse that it's like, quote unquote, it's OS, like OS XD, like memeing the server that the server's like bad. And that 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 it's OS thing is really kind of I laugh at that because the people that always say it's OS are never rank one. They're never people that 
that are rank one. They're never people that are dominating solo queue. They're never people that like achieved immense amount of success. Won multiple won championships. championships. They haven't done jack shit. They just say it's Oath and they use that as a scapegoat to to maybe like it's Oath meaning that the solo queue is really low quality. If the solo queue is low quality, then why aren't you rank one, right? Now, what was really interesting is that there was a, a, a tweet from Carbon, uh, an OS guy. It was something along, it was like basically exploring the concept of higher teams in OS scrim, should scrim with lower ELO teams to create maybe a more balanced league. And then like the, the Kyose replied on this Twitter post saying, it's OS, right? Like the classic, it's OS. Like, why are you even trying? Why are you even caring? It's OS, guys, <laughs> right? And then Carbon replied with a tweet, that, that replied saying, you first time uh, Nyla in my game and went 0-12. Don't worry, guys. It's Oris. And how funny is this? How delusional people can get. They're the one... Like, imagine if that person, someone else in his game, went 0-12 first time Nyla. And what would he say? He would flame the fuck out of that guy That's and right. say, it's Oris. He's the one doing it. Mm. And then saying, it's Oris. He's the and these people, they, they, they're so delusional... And like that situation, that's why I explained that situation. So he solo lost the game for our team. He's the one that fucked that situation and then blames his oceanic jungler. jungler, That's right. And these people get so delusional, they become so delusional and so bought in with these narratives that they can't even improve themselves. They actually forgot, they actually genuinely are unable to improve. Now, what got me thinking, I was like really reflecting on this because I viewed it as like a little psychological experiment, right? And I drew parallels to him being the equivalent of an incel, but in league, right? An incel being what is the in, in celibate, what are they called? Involuntary, Involuntary celibate. celibate, right? And the way incels, I mean, my, in my current knowledge of incels are that they are, they blame society and the way, and like all this, all this, all this like at large stuff, right? Society and the way women are in society for basically blaming all these externals. For, for, for why they can't get a woman or be in a relationship with a woman, right? So they blame all this other stuff. When in reality, they are the only reason why they can't get women. It's their lifestyle, their mindset. They're just low value males, essentially. And the equivalent is exact same when it comes to league. He's complaining and, and blaming externals, it's O's or teammates and all this shit for this unfortunate situation when it's him. It's him all along. He's the problem. He's the problem. He's the equivalent of an incel. And this is not just him. You know, I'm just using as him as an example. There's many, 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 many of these people across many, obviously not just OS and NA and EU, et cetera. And it's concerning. And I really think we need to share this and really put it in perspective. Like, this is what's happening. Now, my question to these players is why the fuck do you play, right? If you're not trying to improve, you're not having a career and you're miserable and flaming and, and all this shit, why are you playing, dude? Like, what's the it's reason? It's a great question. Why do you even play the game? Mm. And so, you know, I think that people really got to start asking these like hard-hitting questions. At some point, they either got to mature or they're, what are you doing, dude? You know? And so- and I'm sure Kyosin can turn his, you know, turn this around, and or maybe not. Maybe he's gonna go down that incel rabbit hole, right, <laughs> and be a doomer or whatever they call him. He can go down that rabbit hole. I don't know, but it's scary because there's young kids that they're going down this wrong, this wrong path, and I'm sure this is gonna follow onto other areas of their life as well. Mm. Failure to take responsibility, 
unbelievably delusional about how they're contributing to situations, blaming externals. Man up, right? Mm. Step up. Mm. It's embarrassing. It's, it's genuinely embarrassing. Imagine your 35-year-old self. Imagine you're 40 and you have a kid. And this is like recorded online, dude. Like this is there for the public. Your kid's going to see this one day, dude, if you have kids. What are you doing, dude? On social media, complaining about things out of your control. It's embarrassing. Right? So, it just, just, I just wanted to give a little perspective here. It's these people. I love it. Yeah? Fantastic. Anything you would want to comment on that or? I mean, my answer to that question is they're just addicted. But the other thing as well is that remember, you know, especially since, you know, I think he's like, he's not even 20. I think he's 19 or something like that. It just going to show just the community, how it's, it's his influence of the community, right? Yeah, it's the influence you think, of the community. You think he'll be saying that? Like he's a, I mean, we're old school players, right? Like, I mean, you know, we obviously don't say that, but all our peers were saying that, right? So who do you look up to, right? Mm. The best players on your server that mm. are saying that. So, mm. you know. Yeah, it's all just going, it's all like the flow and effect. And the thing is, no one calls you out because saying it is cool. Yeah, it's cool. Blaming like externals is cool, right? So you it, look cool doing it. it. It's not acceptable, but it makes sense in my eyes why that's right. the case. It's unfortunate. I think that's why that's why we're so passionate about what we do mm. because we're we're really passionate about helping these, you know, young young males yeah. navigate the world. And he has time weapons. to fix himself. You know, he can do it. Just whether or not he's gonna cop it on the chin. And okay, I am. I've got a problem, and I need to fix it and quit the game, and maybe address his addiction or get his shit together. Yeah. Love it. All right, mailbag time. Mailbag. Away we go. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All righty then. First question here is from Adversity. I love that name because I love that battling with adversity. That's a very cool name. Hey guys, hope you're both doing well. I wanted to ask you guys when you think someone should simply step away from their league journey due to a constant poor relationship with the game. I'll give some hopefully short context about myself. Joined the MLA over a year ago as a mid-gold Katarina one trick. Since then, the community has really shaped me into a better person and even helped me make that climb to mid-plat where I'm clearly plateauing now. Still a cat one trick. That's all normal stuff, but here's where the problem lies. I get riled up easily and I mental boom really hard, which lasts for days, even weeks. I've had hour-long conversations with some really cool MLAs, but we can never get down to the root cause no matter what we try. Initially, Timofar suggested to take a step back from league and make sure I'm genuinely happy with my life just to rule out some externals. So I did, and I can confidently say f after fast-forwarding to today that I'm happy and satisf satisfied with my day-to-day -day lifestyle. So I struggle to understand why I tilt so hard. I've read and watched the majority of Curtis's resources on the MLA website, but all of it only sticks for so long. The horrible mental always creeps back. Extreme self-doubt in my ability, not believing in my ranked goals, thinking I'll never improve. Just overall, overall pure negativity. So I'll conclude with this question. When do you think it's time to say, all right, I don't think league is the game for me. It's time to step away for good. I don't want to quit. I really want diamond. And I know that these habits will likely carry over to whatever else I try and pick up regardless, but I'm not sure if league is hurting me more than it's benefiting me right now. What do you think, Nathan? 
So my first one, when everyone and anyone says, um, like, you know, should I step away from the game? It's like, it, I just bring it back to the word of fun and just, if you're not having fun in the game, see you later, gone. Just no point. Like if you're, I, I say sometimes to my, my, I, my soul two members, like they come in the way they talk about the game and stuff. Like I say, like, are you actually having fun? Like if I talked about the game the way you did, I would not be playing either. If fun and enjoying the game and loving the learning process, if you're not having fun, like uh, you just move on, like honestly. And I guess and people will say, it's like, well, you know, you can't have fun all the game in League of Legends. It's like, well, then you need to understand the, the league journey and the solo queue principles. Like, yeah, it's sometimes league's not going to be fun, but I love this, the adversity and the, it's like, it's like reshaping your view of like bad moments in League of Legends. Like I, whenever I'm in solo queue ruts, I view it as like, this is an exciting challenge to go over rather than negativity, negativity, negativity. Yeah, and the the reason that I think this question is very important is because he's read, he's listened to the BBC, he's been to the coaching sessions, he's read my resources. I've got so many resources. He's done it all. He knows it all. And that's the thing that is setting. It's a red flag, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a huge. You know, red flag. It's a massive red flag, yeah. and I think what is likely the core here is that he just has a very bad fixed mindset. Okay. I think that's really what it is. And there's actually a few clients in the MLA um, that also have a really bad fixed mindset. And whenever shit gets hard in their journey, they mental boom and they find excuses for that mental booming. But in reality, it all actually just stems back to them having a fixed mindset. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I genuinely say, I, I can't, I'm not a therapist. Yeah. You know, and some of these people do genuinely probably need to get therapy. Yeah. I don't- This I, is out of your pay grade. This is, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like it's just the same, not adversity, there's more some other people in the MLA, the same stuff. And it feels like I can't, I can't help you have this breakthrough. I think there is something here, you know, more in your chart, you know, maybe in your childhood or whatever that led to this, you having this mindset. I can't address that. You need to go maybe see a therapist or something. Um, maybe league was a great tool to bring awareness to this because this is will follow into other endeavors. Um, but like you said, I think we keep it very simple. If you're fundamentally not having fun and you're miserable most of the time playing the game, then you are not obligated to play. There are many other games or hobbies and thing, ways you could be spending your time that could leading to more contentment and happiness. You could be playing for just the wrong reasons. Like maybe you just feel like you really should be a higher rank. It or could like be a sunk cost fallacy. Or yeah, sunk cost fallacy. He's putting all this time to league and- Like I got to figure this I out. I got to get to D4. There is an element of that and mm. I respect that, mm. but- Sometimes league isn't the right game for no. you. This is what we also said. You know, we 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 said this on the ADHD, I uh, believe, episode where we believe there are some people that um, where severe cases of ADHD, league isn't the right game for them. League isn't the right hobby for them. There are probably hobbies that can uh, work around your ADHD a little bit better. So I, I think that um, you need to do some reflection. I think Nathan's advice is very pragmatic and very simple. And if you're honestly not having fun, probably okay to step away, man. And you know what? He might step away, do something else. Get new perspective. Get new perspective and realize six months later, you know what? I really miss League. It was a very important part of my life. I was having a, I didn't realize how important it was to me and what it gave me until it was gone. He's probably played it for a long time, and he's just had it. Emotions, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that he sometimes he might need that perspective. You don't know what you've lost until it's gone. You don't know what you had, sorry, until it's gone. Yeah. The journey's so fun, man. Oh, I love it. There's nothing else that just 
gets me excited. And it's 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 satisfying. I would say it's a better word for me. Like I would have my games and I have fun. And I, for me right now, I'm having a blast. But there are times where I'm not having a blast. But it's still, I know it's important for me. And it's, it's, right. it's, it's I feel satisfied with spending my t- time playing League. So there's that. Cool. All right, be good for adversity. Hopefully it gives you a little bit of think about adversity. All right, moving on here. This one's from Adam. Title of this email is Coaching My Little Brother's Solo Queue Journey. Hi, Nathan and Curtis. I just want to start off by saying that I'm a huge fan of the podcast and the BBC community. Even though I'm not part of either of your programs, I still love the philosophy you guys have towards the community and the game and find myself agreeing but also being challenged with many of the topics and discussions you have. My question to you guys is a bit unusual since it's not so much about the league journey but more about the coaching side. I know you guys work a lot with coaching as a skill and really try to take it to the next level. It has kind of opened my eyes and humbled me towards the idea of coaching and being a coach. Recently, my little brother, 15 years old, has started his own rank journey and just reached silver four for the first time. I myself am an older player and have been playing league somewhat consistently for almost 10 years now, currently sitting at around 300 LP master. I therefore feel like I have a pretty good idea on how to play the game to a certain level and feel like I know a lot about the game. I have therefore taken the responsibility of trying to coach and help my little brother since I know that league can be very overwhelming and complicated game. There can have many paths which can only further complicate the climb. However, this is where I often find myself feeling a bit incompetent and powerless, which is also why I felt the need to ask you guys for some advice. I feel like I'm not able to further elevate his gameplay and teaching something there sticks. I can sometimes after self-reflecting on sessions even come to the conclusion that I probably just did more damage and confusion than helping him in sessions. When I watch his gameplay or his laning, the first things I can think of are often things like how he can manipulate the wave better or how he should position in lane versus certain matchups, which I know are concepts that shouldn't be necessary to learn at his level of play. These concepts seem way too complicated and just fills up his mental stack and pulls his focus from the more important fundamentals. I feel like I'm teaching him stuff that generally shouldn't be teached at his level of play. I think this can be can be because I have very little experience in level of play he is in and there should be much simpler ways of getting leads that I'm just not capable of detecting or seeing. I also feel like I tend to be very hard on him. As an older brother, I struggle to hold back on him. I know he's a very competent guy and easily gets mad when he makes mistakes, which I feel like he shouldn't be making. I know this is very toxic and really don't want to worsen his relationship with the game. I've also paid attention to the fact that when I ask him about how his latest games went, he always boils his losses down to a bad jungler, bad team, or overpowered champions and kits. I know this could be my fault since I used to do this a couple of years ago, and I know that he hears it from his favorite content creators, so that's where he learned it from. I actually remember he once said something about Fiora just being too unbeatable. I asked him why he thought so, and he responded with, the Baus FFS always says Fiora is unplayable, or something like that. Is it just too late to pull him out of the depth of negativity, toxicity, and narratives in the league community, or are there any ways I can help change his perception about the adversity he meets? I can take this one All right. for most of it. Um, All right, I'll, I'll chime in if I. So let's start first with. I want to start first with more the coaching and silver stuff. Okay, and then then I think then you can kind of maybe take over the second half of it. All right. Um. So recently in the MLA. Uh, Dios and Tim have actually started doing below gold coaching. So in the MLA, it was actually I only coach a gold and above. 
and uh, we, but there was actually quite a few people joining the MLA that weren't gold. And Tim and Dios uh, felt that it was a cool project for them to kind of specialize in coaching silver and bronze in a way, right? It was mainly silver, not really bronze, mainly silver. Yep. And um, they've been doing these sessions, right? And they wanted a bit of feedback and advice. And so I got Tim to send me uh, some of the VODs from the silver coaching. And I, again, have never coach silver so i don't know what i'm doing i've only really again coached lowest gold for and it was really interesting and i actually recorded a video for them explaining my philosophy if, if i were to do this how i would approach it now i boiled it down into kind of three subsections so we have at the top uh champ mastery okay this is like at a, at a high level then we have uh, mid lane fundamentals, and this is specifically we're talking um, leaning, warding, wave management, uh, resource management, uh, tempo, re- how to get a reset, etc. All these stuff. Then below that, at the very bottom, at the very core, I, I this is something I just created. I said these the, the, below that is game fundamentals, and what I said, what I noticed when I was watching these silver players, is that. We can't address mid fundamentals or, or any of those mid fundamentals really before we actually cover the underlying mechanics of League of Legends as a game. Examples. So, about like experience and gold. Yes. The value of experience and gold, the value of mana and like the importance of mana, the importance of just minions in general and how important minions are. Um, the, the, the value of like not dying, the importance of staying alive. And these are just like basic, these are, these are things that, especially for Sam, that's his name, right? Sam, especially as a a 300 LP player, these are things that are so deeply, Adam, Adam, sorry. These are things that are so deeply ingrained that you don't even know exist. And I had actually going, I, it was challenging for me to even think about this because it's kind of like fundamentally questioning your existence. It's like, (laughs) what do I value at the core? Like, why am I living my life right now? That's kind of basically what I had to ask for. Like, what am I at even below fundamentals? Why am I doing even just the fun? Why do the, why are the fundamentals themselves important? And tie it back to real game concepts. So when you see your brother playing silver, your first thing should you should really start with basic general concepts. Like, do you see him valuing his life? Is he staying in lane with no mana? Is he walking out with low HP? Is he actively trying to get the last hits? Like, is it something that he you can see is important to him? Um, do, do, does he understand items and how important items are? And like power spikes at a basic level. Like just does he know how much bigger a difference is between a Dorans and a Lost Chapter or a Lost Chapter and a Ludens? Like we feel that intuitively. We know how impactful getting a Ludens is or a Sorks or a Nidalee's Large Rod or a Stopwatch or a Fiendish Codex. We know what that feels like. So we can make these value judgments based off intuition because we know we've, we've felt these spikes. So if you see your brother going into a fight with 1500 gold when he could easily go back and get his ludens or something that's a problem so bring it back to these baseline game fundamentals once he's once you've really got aligned with him on what those are and the importance of what these things underlying game mechanics are then 
what I would talk about is baseline champion reference points. Okay. So what I'll talk about is things like, okay, so let's say, for example, he plays Annie, right? Let's just use Annie as an example. Every champion in the game has core strengths. Like, so I would ask your brother, the champ he plays, what do you think the strengths of your champion are? What, what is fundamentally, what is your champ really good at? What does your champ like to do? How does your champ like to fight? What's the mindset of this champ? What mindset do you think you should have when you're playing this champion? Ask questions relating to and lead him to him having clear reference points with his champion. So things like, I'm playing this champ. These champs really need these items. They really need they really need to play off your ultimate cooldown. They really need to play. You need need to. You really need to have flash, or you need to play off your phase rush proc, or whatever it might be. Bring it back to champion reference points. So if he has two of these two things, he understands the underlying game fundamentals, and he understands how he should be thinking on his champion and fundamentally what his champion loves to do. Right, bring it back to champ identity. Let him figure out the rest. The, the, the rest will fall into place. Don't need to even talk about anything else because the other stuff will be intuitive. Well, of course, I'm going to be a little bit conservative. Or if I'm playing Ari and I need to play like an assassin, maybe I need to be more careful about showing on the map. Things like that, right? It should be intuitive. So, And then he's young. He's silver. Let him play the games out. Don't think too much. Let him just have fun and, and problem solve. Then once he gets the gold, then maybe you can start introducing some of those mid lane fundamentals, those fundamentals in whatever role it is that he plays. That's how I'd go about it. Does that make sense? I like it. That's great. Yeah, that's definitely a huge part. Uh, that's I've even been bringing it back to the game fundamentals in just my gold and my platinum. Because I did a review on Bo, who's like this guy in Europe um, uh, who's just dominated. I've, no one's ever seen anything like this in terms of dominating a Western ladder before, right? Like EU or NA. He's a Korean player. No, he's a Chinese, Chinese player. Sorry, yeah. he's a Chinese player. Um, and I I actually realized when I was watching that, he's not he's winning games, purely because he's up 3,004. Obviously, he's going to get way to get to there, but that's like the game fundamental. That's why he's so strong. He's up like, so much gold. He can carry. Like, all his scores are insane, like 20. So you can't be 20 and 0 and have be even opponent in your gold. It's just not possible, right? So if that's actually like... And then you're looking at the way he's getting gold, Where's right? Where's he getting the gold? Counter junk really fast, and like super fast on his camps, right? Like, you know, just perfect fundamental foundation and... But notice games, how interesting that is. Getting for, for himself. It's not about the kills. It's about the gold. The gold, that's right. And that's right. a game fundamental. Yeah. Gold is very important in League of Legends. Mm. Gold and XP. You get gold from kills. He's, he's and doing. other things. And other things like counter-jelling, Herald. Like he'll just fucking Herald for himself. Just, just get, get all the gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Diana and Diana chipped two towers. Yeah. He just goes bot. But he, he could, because he actually broke a fundamental that I actually mm. teach in Soul to where. Interesting. You know, get it towed to two and a half plates yeah. and then break it, right? Because he just carries. Yeah, he just carries. He literally goes bot by himself. <laughs> Get five power plate because uh, this is a dynasty. Dynasty because you can get towers from four, yeah. But he couldn't do yeah. this on graves and stuff, so it actually yeah. would be better if you did right. on graves. But again, going to the champ, get mastery. Champ aspect, mastery just gets all the gold, and then suddenly, like he literally went off base. He based, came back on the map within one minute. He had an extra two thousand gold in his inventory. Right, these are the game fundamentals. Right, so um, yeah, that's just interesting talking yeah. about thinking about how he wins games. Yeah. Um, all right, so going on to, I mean, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that the way he talks about the game, I think is really important. So this is what I'll do, Adam. I'll sit him down. I'll have a serious conversation. like, okay, if you want me to coach you, you can't be talking this way about the game, right? You know, this is, these are the, re just have this one conversation. Right? These are the reasons why I don't blame my time. I used to do this and talk about some experiences so you can relate to it rather than just be lecturing him, right? 
um, talk about what you used to view the game and how you view it now from the, the podcast and that sort of stuff. And then if he says that again, to say, when you're ready to coach, when you're ready for coaching, we can like you just have to straight off cut him off because you, the key thing with, with coaching students, it's like school. Like I didn't try and school, like I had tutors, but I was just a waste of fucking time because I wasn't interested at all. Like I didn't care about the subject. I didn't really want to get good at maths. And I just was just going through the motions because it's like, you know, you got to get a tutor to like improve or whatever, right? I'm terrible student, waste of time, waste of both of our time. Well, I guess it wasn't waste of time for them because like, you know, they got money. Um, you know, but obviously I would have been an annoying student. Same thing applies for him. If you're ready for coaching, um, come to me. Okay. And you got to be really ready for it. And if I see anything, you don't follow the principles of like my coaching, see you later. Come back when you're ready to follow them. I would say the quote, um, everything makes sense. And if it doesn't, it's just your view of reality. You're missing something. So you can either have a hissy fit and complain about the game a game that you actually know nothing about, or you can say to yourself, okay, I'm probably missing something here. Let me actually try and figure out, be a little bit curious and take time to figure it out. Have respect for the game. The game is hard. Just let, The game is hard for That's a right. reason, yeah. right? The game is really, really, really hard. So take your time. You're not going to randomly go from silver to gold to plat in like, you know, a few weeks or months. So yeah, like down, yeah, really talk through the journey of how hard the game is because maybe he's not aware. So, yeah. you know, so again, you got to treat it with respect. I think you got to have that conversation first. And then if he doesn't still get it, then you need to just be like, okay, not talking with you until not talking to league about with you until you, 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 you follow that, that mindset. Yep. So it gives you, hopefully it gives you a little bit to think about. All right. Next question here is from James. Title of this email is Inability to Recognize Mistakes in the Subconscious Protection of One's Ego. G'day, fellas. I'm a professional opera singer. It's a job where we obsess over the details. If we sing one note even slightly too low or too high in the wrong rhythm in a three and a half our long opera, we can beat ourselves up for weeks about it. And if it happens more than once, we could even lose our jobs. The difference between a decent singer and a professional can often be a game of millimeters. That gets me so excited already, right? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Getting into the details, obsess over the details. I love that word. I've had the chance to work with some challenger level singing teachers. Some of the best of all time and the absolute best one, in my opinion, once said something interesting, which I'd like to know your opinion on and to see if you think it applies to league. She said that many singers ears essentially shut off and they become unable to hear themselves singing an incorrect note because the realization that they're making a mistake is simply too painful. The subconscious mind steps in and says, you're doing great. Everything is fine. All is in order when in reality, the frequency of the note is slightly or completely off and you're just unable to hear it. Do you think the ability for people to recognize their own mistakes in league goes beyond a simply a lack of knowledge, skill and experience and actually has something to do with the subconscious protection of the ego? Uh, he says, love the Rexai guy, Nathan. I have a 37% win rate in 60 games, but I've learned more about my knowledge, especially lack thereof in jungling, therefore ever before. Cheers, Jim. This is literally everything I spoke about today. It is, isn't it? So hopefully he's watched the whole episode. But my Ari journey, I was subconsciously, my ego was defending my yeah, defending myself and I was unable to spot basic mistakes. Yep. The most pragmatic piece of advice, Jim, that I would give to 
defend yourself from this and just again reflecting on my experience which is identical to that um so yes it's true because it literally happened to me yep. yeah so the answer to your question <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely it's like because these are these are mistakes that i would spot instantly in someone else's gameplay gameplay but not my own mm. um what i would say the biggest thing is taking time to really like really reflect like i'm talking like no bullshit reflect like with no distractions like it wasn't a surprise that my realization happened in the shower when there's zero distractions mm, staring at a shower wall. thoughts like there's there's a reason why it happened there and not any other time in my day right a very specific time in my day because in that period of time i might that that period of time in my day it's me and my own thoughts there's no distractions and it's just I'm, I'm i'm defenseless in a way you know i'm very vulnerable so if you're worried about this happening and you feel like something might be off potentially shut shut everything down shut everything off i'm talking like be by yourself shut away from other people go on a long walk go on a hike go to the beach you know whatever it might be just do something by yourself and just 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 run just no music very important no music no podcasts no bullshit no books nothing literally just you and your mind and let it just run wild and just think about it am i doing my am i really doing my best and what is actually happening and if you let that kind of run over again and again and again and just be really honest with yourself no bullshit things will come up things will come up um and I think the reason I didn't find out earlier is because, again, I had, I, I wasn't, I don't think giving myself time to, to really reflect, honestly. And um, yeah, so that's the really main advice I can give. If you don't, if you can't do that, the second, the next best thing is obviously get someone to listen <laughs> to, you, to you, right? Because then you don't have to rely on yourself. You've got someone else holding you accountable. That's, that's also really good. Um, one thing that was really interesting, you remember Nathan, I sent you a clip, right? It was like good to confirm my thoughts, even yes, if I was, it was. So what I did, because like to make sure I wasn't going insane and to make sure I'm on the right track, I like sent this clip to Nathan and I asked him. I said, like, am I right? Like, am I? Am I? Is this like, like, how would you navigate this situation? And it was really good to get Nathan's perspective because it it was like confirming, okay, everything is okay. But you know, I you know, in the past, maybe I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to ask someone else because again, that makes me maybe not know what I'm talking about. My ego may be like getting in the way, but me like getting out of my comfort zone and actually being like, Hey, Nathan, this could be, you want to break, take a second to break this one down with me. It was like really good because it just confirmed. Like, okay. I'm on the right track. And just sometimes just not trying to solve everything by yourself is actually helpful, but that's easier said than done because at that level, when you're a professional, like, you know, we're professional coaches, like it's, it's hard, right? you it's your ego is important. Because it's what gives you confidence. confidence yeah. So like, it's not like you just get it ways like. There's like that book, Ego as the Enemy. I actually never read it. That'll be actually an mm, interesting read. Mm. But yeah, the ego is good. Like I feel like in bad. some things, the ego. It, yeah, people. I don't. Exp I don't believe that ego is explicitly a bad thing. No. Like there's one of my favorite quotes from that Eric Bugenhagen. I always refer to him. He's like this WWE wrestler, but he's like a powerlifter essentially, and he always says that like. Every lift is an ego lift. Mm -hmm, I like that. And like it, when he, when I heard that sentence, I'm like, every game I play is 
kind of like an ego game. Yeah, like I'm playing with my ego. You just want to dominate. Yeah, it you like, can't. Oh. You can't separate. It's very difficult. I don't even know if it's possible to separate your ego from entirely from yourself entirely from yourself that, when that, trying to dominate your opponent like yeah. how are you going to come into a game in a say, competition because uh, we're competing right like if i want to dominate my opponent how do i do that while completely detaching from my ego it's it's very difficult to do that's sort of like you'd have to go to like some buddhist monk temple that, right like, they've completely it's probably possible ego. but yeah. i don't know how to do that yeah because i think it's more about managing ego that's the thing it's like it's mm. it's there i think it's always going to be there i don't think it's necessarily we have one or we don't it's like we all have one but we just manage it i view it as like the naruto like that anime and how he has like that that thing inside of him the What's beast called? the chakra the nine-tailed beast yeah and like he has to like develop his relationship with it essentially and then learn to control it and at the start it would just go crazy mm. but then over time he built a relationship with it and it became he became one with the beast and that's what allowed him to become so strong and i believe that the same with the ego you become one with your ego i like that and you you learn to, to to kind of control it which i think that's like one of the things that we learn as we age as well right i love that that's fantastic so much to learn from media shows naruto dude he's the i love that dude it's so many so many so much symbology so many like mo so much awesome shit there all right our last one here is not so much a question but a, a success story from someone that we actually uh an og i don't know if you remember him curtis but um salmon no, this is <laughs> Sorry, dude, salmon all the time i hear, hear that word that, that name salmon <laughs> all the time this is before the bbc era curtis okay so the title of this email is Three Block Rule. Hey, Nathan and Curtis, Bishop here. You may or may not remember the name. Long time fan of your work. I was a member of the Dials program when it was under your leadership. Oh, yeah. He's an, he was a nose player. Um, I've always considered myself a well-rounded well -rounded player, extremely mechanical, but extremely inconsistent. I've been following the three block rule roughly from what I've gathered. It is from, you know, listening to the show. I was an insane grinder, spamming games all the time, which I did not realize this was the core reason for my inconsistency. Since I followed the three games a day, high intensity games, I've climbed roughly 400 to 500 LP, which is wow. awesome. Just purely following the three block process. I have a tendency to always chase those losses. And this method clearly blocks that unhealthy habit. I only really came back to the game consistently a few months ago and I'm back to uh, mid diamond now. Um, and he says, good to see Nathan wasn't in any of my Diamond 4 games. Keep smashing it, mate, and keep making banger podcasts. Awesome. What a great success story. I love it. That's just, again, showing the power of the process. It's amazing. And reforming people, I guess. You know, you know, we talk, sort of say, you know, once you go through that phase, it's like rehabilitation. Rehabilitation. Of like the spamming games into, okay, let's have deliberate practice going back to the beginning of the podcast and the expert video from Veritasium. I love it. All right. That's it from our podcast today, guys. We'll see you next time.